welcome to the More Than a Mommy podcast. I am your host, Nakia Hines, and I'm so excited to introduce this special season, a mini season dedicated specifically to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm so excited and elated to share my personal journey with you as I've endured and thrived and survived through breast cancer as a survivor on the other side. So take a seat, do whatever you got to do, and let's go on this journey together. Let's go. Okay, y'all. Hey, thank you so much for coming back for episode two. Um, If you have not listened to episode one, I highly recommend it. I'm sure you'll still get some gems if you don't listen in the sequence, but it will be more beneficial for you to have some background knowledge before you just continue to log these episodes in. But um, just for those of you who are just now joining or someone shared this to you, basically my name is Nikia and I am a two-time cancer survivor, which I feel like qualifies me as a thriver. Um, and this episode is episode two of season three. Season three is a season that is kind of like a mini season, so it won't have as many episodes as my normal season seasons, but um, it's chronicling my own journey as I experienced breast cancer um, this year. So it is October right now, but this my journey was in February, so really not too many months ago, if we're honest. And I shared basically in episode one my diagnosis and how that diagnosis came to be. So for those of you, my homies, who listened to episode one, you were all caught up and you know that I left off with just saying like, you know, I had to have some grounding, lots of feels were happening, but then I had to just tell myself that I have to make a choice despite how difficult the journey may feel, despite how hard it is going to be. Um, I knew I had to remember to make a choice and this um, is important to share When I say that I had to make the choice, that was my intellectual brain talking. So like that was the part of me only in my mind that was saying, Nakia, you have to commit to making this choice. I'm sure I will share more of this as we like continue to chronicle through this journey. But my feelings went through like the hugest, I don't want, I don't know, torpedo or like this huge like just deep 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 well and I definitely will get into that because I think it's important especially if you're a person who was just diagnosed um my hope is that no one ever gets diagnosed again but we're not there yet and I understand that um but if you're someone who just got diagnosed you will probably feel a lot of the feelings that I felt and I think that it helps when someone comes alongside you and lets you know that like what you're feeling is valid and you're not the only person who has ever felt like that and you don't have to feel bad okay so two days after i got the diagnosis so february 3rd my husband and i visited the hospital where like most of my care would happen shout out to my best 
big sis ever, Miss Tiffany, for um, babysitting my daughter so that my husband can go with me. So I met my surgeon, the breast surgeon, and she was pretty cool. Like my oncologist was talking her up, talking about how I would love her, and I really did like her instantly really because she was no nonsense and you could tell she knew her stuff she was very thorough that's one thing that is like a non-negotiable for me for um especially because of my medical history i refuse to be treated like a patient that doesn't deserve like answers and responsiveness like and my mom has been in the medical field forever and so has my aunt and so like I know red flags when I see them, and when I see them, I dip out. I did not have to dip out with this lady because she was like, you know, she was super validating. She definitely saw, like, obviously she sees a lot of people like me, um, but she definitely was like, this is what we need to do. This is why we need to do it. This is how we're going to do it. And guess what? You have a two-year-old at home, so I know you're going to get through it. She kept saying that to me. Um, But I don't like when people fluff things. I don't like when people say, oh, it's going to be okay. Or they try to withhold information because they think that for some reason it will you know crush my heart or something like ain't nobody got time for that I need to know all of the details and she did share that you know one of the things that my oncologist was saying was that we would determine if we would get just the cells out the 1.7 centimeter cells out or if they were going to take the whole boob my doctor or the surgeon was like the whole boob gotta go and I really appreciate that she was super thorough and explaining to me like my history the fact that I have radiation the fact you know just many things led her to the decision why we could not do a lumpectomy we needed to do a whole mastectomy and then she was like oh yeah and your mastectomy will be like in the next few weeks remember in the last episode I told you things started to happen really 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 fast so before my surgery happened I needed to meet with the plastic surgeon I needed to meet with the genealogist um the gene so the plastic surgeon would be basically tag teaming with the breast surgeon to do something called reconstruction if you're not familiar so reconstruction can happen in several different ways um but basically she the plastic surgeon was there to help like the okay let me back up the breast surgeon was there to take it off the plastic surgeon was there to mend it back together that's a way to put it in layman's term the genealogist was um put in place because then we needed to see like okay well why did this happen or can we confirm why it happened one reason that some people do get this diagnosis is because it is a gene that is passed down in their family lineage so we wanted to especially get it tested um, for answers of course who doesn't want answers to know like why they weren't in the optimal health right so um, that was why I had to meet with that doctor or physician or whatever you want to call her and then I had to have a pre-op physical which worked out because I um like just for it did this is too many details but basically it worked out so that I can get like two visits done in one and then I also had to get my paperwork in because I needed to have um leave medical leave from work which allowed me to heal so even though we were still in the midst of the pandemic and working from home there was just no way no logical way 
that like or I shouldn't say logical because some people do not have that ability so I will is even though I do feel like it's not logical and I hate capitalism but it was not ideal for me to try to do any work I needed to like really be focused on healing okay so after that I did a check-in with my emotions and I think emotionally I was okay my village just stepped in and like sent some top-notch encouragement through text message and they really gave me life um, and I just you know put out into the atmosphere that I am open to receiving all the good that life has to offer at that moment even at that moment and especially at that moment so I um, like had this thing and you might be familiar with this called a caring bridge that I shared with people because I wasn't going to be able to like send out text messages to individual people and they were really long and so well not long but they were too long to be texting so I was really happy that I could do that and then I forgot to say that before I started my caring bridge I had like a zoom or google meet with my family because I wanted to tell them all at once. I didn't want to tell them through text message. I just wanted to let them know. And so um, it was like my siblings. I don't think all of my siblings were there. Maybe three of them. Um, my parents, three of my parents. I think my grandmother. No, maybe not my grandmother, my aunt. And I'm not sure if there was anyone else. So yeah, I just let them know. They were sad about it, of course. I mean, it was devastating. And I tried to thug it out and not cry, but like I had to cry because it was devastating. And I do believe that when something hurts, you say, ouch. So I don't believe in suppressing tears and all of those things. So if that's a nugget that you took with you today, then I'm happy you could have that gym. Okay, so anyway, all the appointments were made. Um, I could definitely feel that people were praying for me. And it really felt like I was being carried by those prayers because as the as like those appointments started to be made I think reality finally hit me and it was like oh my gosh this is really happening and that's when I started to go on like a roller coaster of emotions like I was I mentioned this briefly in the last episode but I was feeling sad and then I was feeling angry and I was feeling betrayed and I was feeling hurt and I was feeling so confused because I was wondering like what did I do wrong and of course you know it was kind of like being a spiritual brat right because I also know that every answer to your prayer is not yes but in my mind I was thinking transactionally like well if I have faith and I'm not doubting and I am being optimistic and I am truly believing that the Lord will provide this for me and I'm standing on scripture and I'm reciting the word of God over my life I know that that's going to result in like a negative test right that's what I was obviously thinking and so I was just truly crushed and I was also really crushed and I think this is important to share I was really crushed because I truly believe that for as long as I can remember at least since middle or early high school I have been doing my very best to authentically live for Christ so I don't mean like living for Christ on social media or outwardly to people saying the right phrases or having the right persona and then being out here you know 
being hypocritical behind the curtain i have literally of course we all make mistakes and i've definitely had to repent (laughs) but like for the most part even in my humanness and in the sin that jesus has forgiven me for i have definitely been living my life for christ for my entire life since i accepted him as my lord and savior and i'm just like gee like okay gee you know because god starts with g but i'm just like you know i am living literally out here living for you doing what you want me to do being obedient it's literally people out here doing drugs having sex doing all these killing people you know doing all of these things that you don't want us to do and they out here just fine like they out here popping pills smoking drinking eating fast food like doing things to their bodies that should and have been scientifically proven to be harmful and yet here i am trying to like oh i forgot to say in the first episode one of the other things that was supposed to lower my risk for breast cancer was nursing um so that's why i didn't have a problem with my daughter nursing past two because it was a win-win situation she was getting her antibiotics and i was um thinking that i was like lowering my risk um so anyway i'm just like i'm literally trying to do the right thing why am i the one being punished right and i think that is important to say because that's not like people like oh yeah let's wear pink and this is no shade to whoever organizes the month for breast cancer awareness but it's controversial because it does seem so um capitalistic like now people are doing these things in a surface way but it doesn't necessarily bring too much awareness to what women and sometimes men are actually going through in the moment so i wanted to share that with you because especially like if you see me as this person who is wired to motivate wired to inspire wired to like believe god and understand and see the best in every situation it's important for you to see that i got very 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 low in those moments and i was deeply hurt and deeply like why would you do this to me jesus right it doesn't mean that like i'm a bad christian or a bad person for feeling that way it just means that i was hurt and i needed to be carried by the people who carried me and we'll we'll get into that more okay so anyway back to those appointments lots of appointments started to happen um i had to get a whole bunch of stuff like a compression tank and then i like a lot of these places i had to go by myself either because of the pandemic or because of my two-year-old she had to stay with it was just easier for her to stay with my husband at home especially because she was like having two naps at that time still i think um so yeah i had to do a lot of these things by myself and i remember going to the shop there's this like cute little shop where they sell like the they sell basically any and everything you need as a breast cancer survivor and or patient which i never knew existed but like just being there and getting the things that i needed also made reality come down so hard and i think i i think i like when i was trying the little top on i think i cried in there partially because i was alone and also because i'm like i can't believe this is happening like the shock was wearing off for me extremely slowly like there was a part of my mind who just thought it was a hoax it was a mistake they're gonna call me back and say it was the wrong test result or something you know but then the lady who was helping me with my compression tank 
she actually told me that she was a survivor and I was like really and then she spoke to me and like shared part of her journey and it was another like moment of like God showing me like listen you see right now and I see what happened to you and I don't like it but I'm going to continue to send people to you um so that you can get out of this fire unscathed and so she was definitely like an angel I forgot her name might be Linda I'm not sure but you know she had a huge impact on showing me that it was going to be okay because when I saw her I I just would have never guessed and she was older she's like yeah I've been fine since I had my surgery and I'm just like well praise the Lord so you know I started off crying but then I was just because of sadness and then I ended up crying because I was grateful that I had crossed paths with her um one thing that really helped me at this moment that I'm speaking of is so my friend Shannon that's my boo and my big sis Tiff my adopted big sister not adopted legally but you know how everybody a cousin if y'all cool like she's my sis and um they sent me this sermon from a pastor named Michael Todd he was just talking about being in the deep and literally like I didn't watch it at first and then I finally watched it and it literally switched a gear for me and it was exactly what I needed to remember that this diagnosis and this journey was just preparing me for a deeper pursuit of purpose it helped me remember that Jesus was not surprised by what was happening and that he has proven time and time again that he loved me so it didn't mean that he didn't love me because this situation was happening it just meant that like I was in the deep and there were some things that I was going to have to pick up in the deep because I was there that I just would never get anywhere else um and then yeah I just continued to receive prayers people continued to pour into me and then I was like well we have to keep going so I think after that people started to ask me like what do you need what do you need and if you're a survivor or someone who's experiencing that you're going to get that a lot and you're not going to have any idea of what your answer would be probably besides food because like I have never experienced having to have a mastectomy with a two-year-old while taking a leave from work so I didn't really know what I needed but then I started to research and I found a few things that I needed um but most of all I really needed just prayers at that moment and I just had to remind people like you know even though this is my second time experiencing this the first time my mom took care of everything so I don't I just didn't know what I needed but if you are someone who is experiencing I can tell you you will need um definitely your compression tanks which would be incurred I mean um covered by your insurance it would help for you to have lots of button-up shirts sweaters or um dresses ideally dresses so that you can just have on one piece of clothing and you don't have to worry about all that while you're healing because you're going to have something called drains which is basically going to be attached to you in your side it's very uncomfortable and it sucks really bad but it's not going to be in your body for so long um so just remember it's temporary but you just want loose fitting clothes that you can button up because you're not going to be allowed to lift your arms over your head 
So that's something that you need. Definitely tell people you need food because it's, even if you have a partner or someone who is taking care of you, they need to be taking care of you. And if there's a child in the mix, this is especially important. They literally need to be taking care of you. And it's very difficult for them to like cook or meal prep when they are trying to take care of you. So those are some things that you need. You can also like ask for things that you love that have nothing to do with surgery. So maybe like, I don't know if you love, if you want a journal or if you want essential oils or if you want a diffuser, you can make a wish list and then just like, I definitely suggest getting a caring bridge page, but whatever your mode of uh, communication is, you can just make a wish list um and put things on there and that way people won't ask you what you need so much or if they do you can just share that wish list and then you can i believe you can see when people purchase it another thing that you might need is a robe and it also might be helpful to have like a drain bag that you can carry a drain in and you can pin it inside your shirt you can pin it inside of your robe and it doesn't hurt to like have uh, like sports bras that snap in the front so those are just some logistics if you need help but also google like whatever you need or talk to somebody that you know because they can share other things with you too um but yeah so i was in the stage of like logistically trying to prepare for everything and just believing that it was that god was about to blow my mind so that was the word that came to my spirit and i didn't know what it meant i just knew that it kept coming and it kept <clears throat> excuse me recurring so i knew that god was going to blow my mind somehow and uh, i think i'll stop here because that's like a pretty easy like i don't want to say a hard stop but like this season I mean this episode was kind of just about like the the appointments being made all that goes into the appointments if you are someone who is um caring for a person who is experiencing this or even in the village of a person that is experiencing this this is also helpful for you to know because as you can see stuff starts happening fast the person who was experiencing this is trying to wrap their head around this while also trying to process the grief that this causes and so just try not to overload them and try to be super aware and sensitive but present when you are supporting them oh i just thought of two things so a mastectomy pillow that's something that is really helpful for your drive home and for when you sleep because you need to sleep elevated for a long time and um you can do like a meal train if you want people to actually make you food or you feel comfortable with that that's another option but we just kind of did like doordash gift cards because doordash be taxing but you know <laughs> it is what it is and so i guess i'll end by saying like by february 8th so remember i got the call on february 1st so a week later I remember posting on my caring bridge that it was not too late for a miracle and then I told them that I was posting this here for reference when we have a manifestation of whatever God is doing when all this started I really felt deeply in my spirit that the doctor slash medical team would be shocked but questioned it once my results came back so like at first I was thinking that 
that was just going to be a fluke, kind of like what I said. But then I got confirmation that night on the 8th that it wasn't too late. So we just needed to keep believing, keep speaking, and keep just believing that he would do something great. And another fun fact that I did that helped my mental health because I'm a very visual person and sometimes I can't get things out of my head is that the hospital um, was calling me constantly, of course, to, to remind me of things, to just, you know, for many reasons. So I saved their phone number as good news in my phone, like their name as good news so that every time they called me, it would say, I was notified that good news was calling and that helped me so, so much. So... Before I end, I'll just share like the logistics so that the next episode can get into the meat. But like by February 11th, we had almost every appointment scheduled. Remember the diagnosis was February 1st. My surgery was February 19th. So that's how fast things were happening. I reminded my village that the best thing that they could do in solidarity is just to keep their faith high and to allow this situation to increase their level of belief. And I shared with them that I was so grateful that no one came around me with fear or anxiety because I didn't need that transfer of energy and that I was choosing joy as my action and my act of resistance. So when I told them I was encouraged and filled with expectancy, I really meant it. Resisting everything that did not align with the word of God. And then I just was like, y'all just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Because those prayers really work. And I really believe that God was moving behind the scenes and doing things that was going to show a miracle. So that is episode two. All the logistics. And next episode three, we'll start talking about something I called Miracle Week. Thank you for listening. Bye.